This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where in this edition we'll be discussing everything Tottenham Hotspur and, of course, the summer transfer window. At the moment, Tottenham are in talks with Wolfsburg about signing centre-back Mickey van der Ven. Reports are stating that Tottenham are still working on the Tab Sober deal. Spurs are about to sign a striker from Argentina. Galatasaray are interested in Tongi Ondombele. Uh, also, another talking point this evening, will Harry Kane still be a Spurs player? when we kick off our Premier League campaign away at Brentford in just 10 days' time. And Ange Postacoglu's press conference, arranged for Friday, has been cancelled because there is not enough media interest. Now, to discuss all of these points and many more, I have three fabulous guests as normal. I've got channel regular Craig Dearman back with us. And we are only doing this podcast because Craig could not wait to get back on air and discuss everything Tottenham Hotspur. Craig, how are you? I'm all right, Chris, and, and great to see you back safely from your travels around the world. Yeah, it's it's been it just seems like it's been too long because I was I was scheduled to be on for the um for the Leicester game and of course that, that we all know what happened there. Um yeah. and there's so much going on at the club at the moment. It was um you know, I've been speaking to Gareth, been speaking to Melvin's been speaking to you, Chris been speaking to Gary and it, it just uh, you you feel like you need to to vent, to have a chat about it. And it just feels like it's been far too long, you know, towards the end of the season. I'm sure we was all getting fed up with talking about it and needed the break from it. But now the season's almost upon us. Uh, so you just feel like you want to get back to it. And uh, I apologise about the very scruffy look, but I've said I'm not going to shave till Spurs sign a centre-back. So expect it to look like Father Christmas. We've also got Channel Regular Melvin back with us all the way from Malta. Melvin, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to see Spurs play again. It seems it seems like it's been forever, and um, yeah, I can't wait for the next game. It's exciting times. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit dreary this transfer window, but it started well, and uh, I'm sure it's going to heat up, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And 
Yeah, it's the it's the regular free therapy session. Like I, I think that's what Craig was 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 looking forward to. I think, you know, it's 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 good to get things off your chest and just see see what other fans are feeling and and just talk things out. Normally, I'm almost begging people to come on this show, saying, "Come on, come and discuss Tottenham." And of course, this last week, I've had so many people saying, "Come on, let's do a podcast." And I'm like, "No, a little bit tired from the trip." Come on, let's do it, says Craig, every day. <laughs> We've also got panel regular. Gareth back with us. Gareth, how are you? Chris, we can never get an off Tottenham Hotspur. That's that's one thing for sure. Just before I get on the like what, what I'm gonna say, but like have to say, like being from Ireland, massive achievement. My my hometown, Derry City, have made it to the third round of the European qualifiers uh tonight in the European Commerce League. Absolutely crazy game. It was like a bit like a Spurs game, Chris. One nil up. 2-1 down, 3-2 down, 3 each. Won the first game, 2-1. So we have a trip to Kazakhstan and then a possible possible opponents could be Aston Villa or Lull. And I'm actually so happy it's Aston Villa. Imagine we had a funny seventh and it was Tottenham against my hometown. But people ask me, like, what would have happened? I said some Spurs all, all the way. Like, so they're all very, very happy to be on the show again, Chris. Fantastic. Um, I think Craig's right. Me and Craig have been talking all week, missing the show. Because like the Leicester game being cancelled was massive because it almost he almost he stole a show off us, Chris. We 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 love our, we love our podcast. We love we love Spurs. Um, but look, I mean, I can only imagine how you felt at the at the at the games. Like not, I mean, I can only imagine being on a game and, and it being cancelled, especially having to travel halfway around the world. But fantastic to be back. We're what nine days away from nine or ten days away from Spurs playing again in the Premier League. They've got obviously a massive game at the weekend in Barcelona during the week. So much to look forward to. I'm sure we'll get into what's what's happening with the club, but so happy to be on. And uh, hey, Chris, you always say to me, be positive. I'm very positive after Tottenham or after Derry City. There you go. The Tottenham's coming out. Uh very positive after Derry City's result tonight in the Europa Conference League. Craig, let's start the show with you. I just want to get your thoughts on uh how you're feeling at the moment and your thoughts on pre-season because of course as Gareth mentioned there one of our games was cancelled in Thailand against Leicester because of uh, the monsoon season it absolutely pelted it down I tell you what you walked 10 meters and it was like someone had thrown five buckets of water over you it was that bad um, I knew that, that game weren't going to go ahead as soon as they tried to bounce that ball roll the ball on the pitch they did their very best to get that game going but sadly it wasn't to be um, but of course before that we lost 3-2 against West Ham United in Perth Australia and, of course, we beat uh, Lion City Sailors 5-1 in Singapore. Uh, what did you make of the performances? Uh, have you been pleased uh, with those two performances so far? And uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't ideal, really, preparation. I mean, I mean the whole pre-season, if you, if you could script it, it hasn't exactly gone to script, has it? So um, having the game cancelled wasn't ideal at all. Um, and only having the two on the tour. Uh, again, not ideal, especially the, the, the what was the second game against the Sailors. That was kind of just a training match, wasn't it? And the, the West Ham game obviously was the first time the players had essentially played um, any competitive game, you know what I mean, under, under Poster Coglu. Um, I thought the performance was really good. I wasn't that fussed about the result. Of course, you always want to win, but... It was the front foot attacking football that really, really pleased me. And, and it kind of gets the juices flowing, doesn't it? Seeing that and what might be. Um, 
and like I say against the Sailors, in that even though we went one nil down, you expected us to win that game, which which of course we did. Um, it, it's difficult to tell pre-season. It's just all about getting minutes in the legs and fitness, and obviously two different teams in both halves of both games. Um, no real chance for the players to get any rhythm, but it's all about getting getting minutes in the legs and fitness. Um, great to see Madison. I thought Madison was good. Lascelles surprised me. Um, I, th- I think he's definitely worth a shout. Keeping hold of him would have loved to have seen Tongi. Such a shame that he got injured just before that first game. Um, yeah. But it does look like he might be heading out now to Galatasaray, which is a real shame because I really wanted to see him to see what he could do. But you know, Ange sees him every day, so he's, he's going to know if he wants him or not by now. Um, and obviously, we'll come on to the Harry Kane stuff that seems to have. It, it kind of took the shine off off the tour a little bit. I'm sure Ange got bored of answering questions about Kane every single press conference. Harry Kane's name came up, and I think I think the reason uh, I especially wanted to do the pod tonight is apart from uh, the therapy session, as, as Gareth and, and uh, Melvin said, it's just venting a little bit because I think I feel. You know, how I feel now after pre-season. It's frustration again at the moment because of a number of things. The centre-back situation is frustrating, but it looks like there's perhaps movement on that coming now. But the main thing is this Kane thing. It's just, it, it set everybody on edge, really, because we just don't know what's, what's happening with him. If he goes, then just, you know, just get... Get, get rid, not get rid of him, that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean, just let him go, get the money, and so we all know where we stand. And I think the main thing is for Ange Postecoglou, he's not going to know. How can you not know And just over a week before your first game if you're um, essentially club captain once Hugo's gone, he's going to be there or not? Uh, I, I, you know, he's going to have to start preparing after Sunday for, for, the, for the game against Brentford. And how is he not going to know if... You, if, if England's captain is going to be in his in his team or not? It, it's it's just all a bit upsetting for the whole whole squad and the whole team and all the fans really not knowing what's going on and it's gone quiet the last day, hasn't it? I haven't heard anything today, so I'm sure we'll come on to Harry Kane, but um, it's kind of been dominating things when it shouldn't really be. It should really be about the team. Craig, we'll come back to a number of those points that you mentioned there, and we'll cover them in detail uh, shortly. Uh, Melvin, let's get your thoughts on uh, on the pre-season tour and how you're feeling at the moment. I enjoyed the two fixtures which we had, but it just seems we had so little football. I know we can't control, you know, that that the one game that got postponed, but it just seems that most other clubs played four, five, six, maybe even seven games and really, really high-level opposition. You know, the, the United have been playing... Arsenal, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they've been playing. And we just played West Ham and and, uh, and City Sailors. I know we were bound to play Roma, who dropped out, and, and Leicester. But it's a bit disappointing. But what I've seen so far, it's promising. But it's still early early days. But the the manager says the right things. And, and on the pitch, uh, it's you can still see a bit of rust in, in the legs and me and Gareth spoke while we were watching the first game and, and all the players looked a bit leggy and and not really sharp and you won't see them at their absolute best, you know, this early in the season. You, you actually, you won't see them until probably mid-September 
to be at their very, very best. So, you know, they say August is like still a mini preseason as well because the players aren't really 100%, you know, full fitness. But from what we've seen so far and in, in, in the ambition and in, in, in the way we attack, it's, it's, it's exciting. But I'm still holding myself from being, you know, thinking, oh, we're back, we're going to start challenging for top four and all those things. I'm still quite, you know, cautious and reserved. And, and, but I'm happy with the progress we've made so far. And I'm just excited to see the, the, the team play again. Every single game I'm looking forward to, I'm counting the days, I'm counting the days till the next match. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to be playing at home. It's going to be versus, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited about football again and, 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 and the season in general. So, so, yeah, my mood is I'm quite cheerful and, and happy in general. But this season, I think I'm, I'm trusting what the, the manager is doing and what I'm seeing I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying so far. What about you, Gareth? How are you feeling? Frank, the T-Boys make some great points. Um, look, the, the, the preseason third was very disappointing in terms of only getting two games out of a schedule, three Roma to be fair, the Roma thing was out of Spurs' control. Um, you know, them, them pulling out of the turbo for, for financial reasons. I think it was Wolves or... I think Wolves might have pulled out of that tour as well. Um, there was some sort of problems with teams in Asia. Um, look, the, the Lions City Sailors game, to me, was a waste of time. Total waste of time. I think we'd have been better off playing Spurs' A team against Spurs' B team. It would have been a better watch for everyone involved, but... The West Ham game, I was very impressed on what I've seen. I thought Spurs dominated, apart from the first 10 or 15 minutes, dominated the game for 75 minutes. And I don't mean just West Ham never had a kick, Chris. And it's and, and it's as good as I've it's, it's the most I've enjoyed Spurs throughout the game. And in years, the way they played, the way they moved the ball was fantastic. And it was their first game. The Leicester game was disappointing, being cancelled. Um, but all in all, from what I've seen on the tour, it was very, very positive. I don't really take much of the, as I said, the Lions City Sailors game. I think that was a last-minute um, job just to get a team on to play a game. But, uh, Chris, it, it shows this tour is really all about commercial. It shows you the fact they had a first 45, second 45. I think I think really now that it starts now this week against Shakhtar, I'd be very, very surprised if we play a first 45 and second 45. I think you'll see players getting 60, 70 minutes and maybe our players coming on. I'll be very, very surprised on Sunday if we've got a first-half XA and a second-half XA. And if, and if that happened, I'll be very, very worried because we need to start getting players on the 60, 70 minutes, which I think will happen. And we've obviously, we've obviously got Barcelona on Tuesday. Um, but I'd imagine it'd be, very, it'd be mostly our first 16, 17 players. I don't see 22, 23 players playing more than maybe a few minutes. You might see players coming on towards the end, but I, but I really do see us going strong in these two games because Brentford's in, as we said, 10 days' time. Um, but look, I'm feeling very positive. Craig mentioned a number of points about players, and I'm sure we'll come on to them. But just in terms of pre-season, it's been disrupted um, with the game cancelled and having to get the Lion City team on. But all in all, from what I've seen, I'm taking, I'm taking the most out of the West Ham game. West Ham won the European Conference League last year. All right, they're not they're not your top six, top seven team traditionally, but they're still not a bad side, and we absolutely dominated that game. I think even David Moyes said after the game he, he couldn't believe how how good Spurs were. 
for the first game. So I think there's lots to be positive about. Craig mentioned that a number of players, um, like LaCelso, he looks like a completely different player. And I've spoke about it on the show a number of times the last three or four years. We have got some players that need a football coach. Mourinho and Conte are tactical coaches. They want to shut up shop and get players defending, defending. That's not LaCelso's game. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have an unbelievable season, but I think LaCelso needs an arm in the shoulder, someone they believe in his ability on the ball. And I think he could see a completely different player this season. Um, so, Chris, so much happier with the style of play. And I think we could be in for a, a half-decent season if we get the, the Craig that say centre-backs is a massive issue. If we get the, the players on what we need, I think there's much to be positive about. Craig, you must remember the 94-95 season very well, like I do. Uh, Jürgen Klingsmann, of course, signed for Tottenham in the summer of uh, 94. Ozzy Ardili has played attacking football. Very, very entertaining. Remains one of my favourite seasons ever uh, watching Tottenham Hotspur. Of course, Jerry Francis then came in in November because Ozzy was sacked because we played so attacking, we were wide open at the back. I felt that there were elements of that in that West Ham game. Now, of course, as you've all mentioned, that Line City Sailors game, you can't really get a lot from it. Are you worried that the fact that Spurs are going to be wide open at the back? Um, because I might surprise a lot of viewers and listeners and even the three of you on the panel tonight. I don't feel that optimism that all of you do. I feel that we've got so much more to do in this transfer window. And we're 10 days away from the start of the Premier League season. We don't have defenders in. I know we're going to talk about uh, defenders and you know Spurs are in talks with uh, Mickey van der Ven etc but we've only let one player go we've only sold one player with 10 days to go before the season starts and that's Harry Winks are you surprised by such you know so, so little business that we've done either in or out 10 days before the season yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm always um, positive before a season starts because it's a clean slate and everybody starts on nothing. So I, I think if you can't get up a little bit of positivity uh, and, you, and you're absolutely dire with it, like, like I remember feeling when certain manager with a beard we don't talk about on this channel was was in power, so to speak, and then. Right. The only God, the only reason I say that is because the defence is at the moment the defence is all. exactly the same. Yeah, That's yeah, absolutely, worried. absolutely, and I think, I, I think, you know, assuming we keep hold of Harry Kane, I think, I think even if we don't keep hold of Harry Kane, we're going to score a lot of goals. But as you say, we are, we look painfully wide open at the back. I mean, that goal against the Sailors was was abysmal. Uh, that was Sunday League defending. I mean, hey. I mean, you always knew it was going to come back <laughs> to win that game, but it. it it was it was dreadful, and even defending against West Ham was shambolic. What what worries me is that we didn't get in the centre backs before before now. Certainly, at least one before the pre-season tour, because it takes time to build partnerships up, like uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld had, for example. You know, where, where they know where the other one's going to be. It takes time. We've got a brand new goalie, remember? And you know, he I'm not totally convinced by Vicario yet, but that's being a bit unfair perhaps because I haven't seen enough of him. But what I have seen, I'm not convinced completely yet by him, but he's a young keeper, he's he's new to the premiership, and you know, there's gonna be errors there and people have to just stick with it, me included. The fact we haven't got anybody out, that concerns me even more because you cannot go into a premiership season with thirty-five players on the books. 
I would imagine it will be similar to uh, the last transfer window when was it with it last summer? I think it was when four players went out on the last day. Was it Regulon um, and Dombele Lacelso and somebody else who somebody will tell me about? I can't remember. But I think you'll see a lot go out perhaps on the last day. But I would hope that they can get a few out the door before then and actually get a bit of money in for these players because they've known they've known since January that the, the, this back line needs a massive rebuild. You know, the likes of Sanchez, the likes of Tanganga, time for them both to go, I think. And, and you know, we, we seem to be overloaded with wing-backs as well. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate for Cess. I would hope for so much more from him and it just hasn't gone his way. I think... You know, if he wasn't injured now, he would probably be uh, looking for a, a loan or, or, or a sale uh, moving on permanently. But there is a lot of work to do. I am hopeful we can get at least one of these centre-backs over the line. But as you say, Chris, I'm, <clears throat> I do remember that football in 94-95 and it was exhilarating to watch. And you could argue if we score six and the other team scores five, it doesn't really matter. But um, I, I don't think that is sustainable. Having seen that and lived through it, it's not it's kind of proved it's not sustainable. I love the attacking football and I'd never want Postacoglu to change on that. But you need a strong defence. And I think Mickey van der Ven coming in, who I'm sure we'll come on to, his pace would get him out of trouble like Carl Walker's did a lot of the time. I've never thought Carl Walker was the best defender in the world, but his pace got him back into positions just to get him taken jockey the player a lot of the time. So that, I think that's important that we've got a, not only a capable defender from what I've seen, but a very fast defender because there's not much pace at the back there. So, yeah, a lot of work to do. And I'd really like to see some players going out the door as well because that squad needs trimming down by at least, I'd say, 10 players. Melvin, let's come to you. I think Darren writes uh, or makes a very, very good point here on screen. Um if we do bring in top centre-backs, our wing-backs got exposed in both pre-season games. Do you worry that Postacoglu is going to go too attacking in Premier League football? Because, of course, we know that he's been successful everywhere he's been. The Premier League is very different. We saw Bielsa at Leeds play super-attacking football. Very, very great team to, to watch. Very entertaining. But they shipped a lot of goals. Do you think it's going to be very similar at Spurs, even if we did bring in one or two Decent centre-backs? Um, I don't know. I don't think he's fully happy with with the with the squad at the moment. I don't know. I just think the midfield, we're being linked with Conor Gallagher, you know, Frank Kessie. I still don't think we have a spine yet. I know I know. we keep playing Besuma and, um, and, and he keeps changing the, the, the teams for the for the preseason and we don't even know what our best lineup is yet but but i and and i hate to say this but if you go back to 2014 15 when we had one yama and and um musa dembele and you, and, and vertongen and, and toby you could see a spine in the team and you, and and you can't see it yet with ours it just seems we have good players but we don't have a proper team yet and and I don't know if, if we're gonna be if, if we're gonna. It's difficult to say this early in the season because we've only seen them play twice, and you can't really judge them on two games. I know we played, you know, opposition. You know, we never played anyone in 
you know what I mean? It's like you can't really you can't really gauge where the team is at the moment because because we played Lion City Sailors who, who who yes are third in their league, but they're they're halfway through their season, so they're much much fitter than us. And 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 the first team, the first the first half played much worse than this than the second team half. It's like Melvin, it's, it, 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 is it about preparation though? Isn't it about preparation as a football club? You've brought in a brand new head coach. Isn't it about preparation that the club gives the brand new head coach the players that he needs to work with during pre-season when he started the job on the 1st of July? Isn't it about preparation in the club bringing in the players that he needs from the very off? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like short term, I'm worried about what's going to happen. But long term, I'm not worried. Because I, I if you if you think about it, and if if we get the players that we need eventually, yet let's say they're not ready for Brentford, which is a really bad way to think about it. Because realistically, if we want to achieve something, we need to start off on the right foot. But this how the circumstances came, we're not going to have everything we need for Brentford. Ideally, we would have brought these players the second day the transfer window opened. But it's not realistic. It just it's not the way it happened. Hench said it himself. It's not, it's not like Amazon and you order and, and the next day the player arrives in the parcel. It's like... It's a, a lot of the other clubs do it. Yeah, a, a lot of the other clubs overpay as well. You know, that's the way... And, and, and we thought and we thought the stadium was going to be that kind of that kind of difference where we start to overpay. But it's just never... It's not going to happen. But realistically, I think long term, we're going to get the targets that we need and and I think we'll be okay. Short term, I'm worried because I don't think we're quite ready. And you, you look at Manchester United; they played six preseason friendlies, and we've played two. But you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And I just think when we play Brentford, I just think we're not ready. And and not even we're not ready. I think the players don't believe in his system yet either. It's like they know. Yes, we can attack, 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 but it's like they don't believe we can go out there and beat them until it starts to happen, and and, and that belief will 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 come slowly, and 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 eventually, and eventually we'll start blowing teams out of the water. But until that happens, it's gonna take it's gonna take time, and I think I'm ready to be patient with this manager. Where previously I wasn't with Conte and Jose, I wanted to win you know, right there, because we gave up the style of play so we can win, but it didn't it didn't come through. So with this manager, I'm ready to to be patient with him. And just and just you look at Arteta in his first season, you know, he wasn't playing the best football, but but he stuck to his philosophy and he believed in what he was gonna do. And and I'm ready in a way to do the same. I'm ready to believe in, in Ange and 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 yeah, I know it's not the the right mentality, but I'm ready to be patient and and we'll see we'll see where where it goes. But like I said, I'm worried about the first few fixtures because I don't think we're hundred percent prepared. And, and and I think even though even though we haven't seen enough games and and we don't know where we are as as a football club, he could be playing these games behind closed doors and and be pushing them really really hard, and we don't know what's going on. We don't know what Ange is doing at Hotspur Way in the last, you know, how many days they've been back. So, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where where we are when we play Shakhtar. If we keep 
a clean sheet against Shakhtar and 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 we win comfortably and we attack and we have all those shots on target and and then you start to say okay then we're improving we didn't concede any silly goals and and but if we concede against Shakhtar again and and we're playing arguably our strongest 11 then you start to think ah maybe maybe we're not quite there yet maybe we're a bit you know we're getting ahead of ourselves but um like i said i'm excited for the football i'm i'm behind the team and and i just i'm buzzing to see them play i'm just buzzing to see attacking football again and and some of the new signings like manor solomon wow the i was so excited when i saw him play i didn't expect him to be like that because i didn't know much of him but he's a he's a cracker he's 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 lightning quick and he's exciting. He's, it reminds me of Aaron Lennon because Aaron Lennon used to get you off your seats when you watch him play. And he's an exciting player. I really, really enjoyed watching him play. And I think he's a shout to to start ahead of Kulisevsky against Brentford. Gareth, let's come to you. Now, the latest update from Fabrizio Romano. Tottenham's proposal sent to Wolfsburg on Wednesday for Mickey van der Ven was 40 million euros fee plus 5 million euros add-ons. Wolfsburg want different payment terms or easier add-ons, otherwise the request will be 50 million euros package. Spurs are still working on the Edmund Tabsoba deal. He has also stated that Chairman Daniel Levy is taking care of the final steps of negotiations in order to sign Mickey van der Ven from Wolfsburg. Deal is now at the final stages. Tottenham have to agree with Wolfsburg on payment terms and instalments. Are you excited about this possible deal for Van der Ven and do you think it's going to get over the line? Look, um, I said a number of weeks ago, between the two players, I think Van der Ven suits us better. Just because he's left-footed, he's, from what I've seen, he's better on the ball. Um, now, a lot of reports say that Tapsoba is the more elite defender. But, Chris, I think getting back to the point about the fee, I mean, there's rumours... Five, six weeks ago, we had this boy for 30 million, but we've haggled and we've negotiated the Tapsova field alongside to see who we can get for a better deal. I think Wolfsburg have looked at this and thought, you know what? If they want, because it's become public knowledge, they want 50 million. If Bayern Leverkusen want 50 million euros for Leverkusen, then we want 50 million euros for Van de Ven. I mean, a lot of the reports five, six weeks ago says we had Van de Ven for around 30 to 35 million euros. Um, and it all went quiet after that. So I kind of get the feeling that we're getting, for, for this haggling that, that's been happening, I get the feeling the club ideally want Tabsoba. I, I get that feeling. And Van de Ven was the sort of backup option. But personally, I think Van de Ven would be a good sign But I think for the money involved now, they're talking 45, 50 million euros. It's, it's a lot of money for a player that's not well known. Um you know, a lot of a lot of Wolfsburg fans aren't dying up. They don't they don't seem to be losing too much sleep over it. Tapsoba is obviously the more recognized player. Um I'm guessing now that money's went up our ways we would be in for Tapsoba. But Chris, are you coming on? Sorry, you look like you're coming. No, I was gonna say, uh, you know, me being a Spurs fan, I think that I would feel so much better if we had a couple of centre backs over the line. So if we if we if we went out and signed Tapsoba and Van der Ven, if they're the right players that Postacoglu wants, by the way, uh, then I feel that Spurs will be showing real ambition in this transfer window. To go out and just buy one of them, I don't think it's going to be enough. And Precisely. Me, Sorry, me, 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 
me being realistic, I don't think we're going to get anywhere near top four with this current squad, even with one centre-back in. I think we need to do so much more in this window. Chris, I said a number of weeks ago, and me and Melvin had that sort of debate on the podcast about players there. I says I think we need two centre-backs, and I mean two proven players ready to come on the team. Because if we sign just one, let's just say we get Van de Ven and Romero gets injured, then we're back to be dire on there. Or, you know, and... I, I just don't think that that's sustainable. Um, and people can talk about we've only got 38 Premier League games plus cup games. And injury can happen in training. It's It's got nothing to do with how many games you're playing. Of course, with more games, you're more likely to pick up contact injuries. But a muscle injury can happen in training like that. So it's got nothing. To, you have to have at least three top centre-backs for this season. Plus somebody that's able to come on um, and play. So... I just think that Spurs have, for as well for as well as they've done in Poynton past the Cogley, which I think is a fantastic appointment, which I'll speak about in a minute, but I think they've let him down in the transfer market with with Hagen over, over these centre-backs because it was it was massive talks. I, I remember exactly when it was. It was the 10th of July because it was going to watch the new Mission Impossible film. Um, and, and John Cross from the Daily Mirror and all our sort of reporters had said that Spurs had agreed a 30 million deal for Van de Ven. So I don't understand what the holdup is. I think they, they ideally wanted Tapsoba. And now that Wolfsburg sort of know that because it's public knowledge, they've they said to Spurs, well, we want the same. And now it's looking like we're five million short. They're unhappy with the payments. So I can see it dragging on. I do think we will end up with Tapsoba or Van de Ven, but I don't see both of them coming in. And that's a big, big worry. Um, a lot of talk about Langley and, and Saudi Arabia, but apparently he wants to come back. And I think that's just the wrong approach because a player wanting to come back to a team last season that were absolutely miles off it just tells me what it was like at this club holiday camp. I do not want to see another holiday camp of players turning up here, getting big wages, letting the club down, doing a few social media videos, and then it's okay again. Not happening. For me, Langley, people say, Chris, we spoke about it before, he's okay. If he's okay, he's not good enough. I want to, I would rather see a youth player on there. I would rather see that this lad Phillips, you're on about saying, I'd rather see Phillips on there than Langley. And that's my personal opinion because I've seen what Langley has and it's not good enough. I want to be, now we're talking about top four Champions League football winning trophies. That's just the start for me. I want to see us challenging. We've got, we're paying the most expensive tickets in the Challenge land. But no, Chris, it's, you can't charge ridiculous prices. I mean, no, you, you, you said I want to see us challenging. What do you want to see us challenging for? No, minimum, I want to see us back in Champions League football. But I mean, on a platform to that, I want to see us challenging at the top. Now, people might think that's crazy because, oh, we're not a man yet. We're not a Liverpool, we're not an Arsenal. We're paying big, big money. We're paying the most expensive tickets. Uh, exactly, exactly. So, so Noel writes on the screen now, we have more chance of seeing aliens in our lifetime, you know, expecting two decent centre-backs in, in this country. And this is the problem. The club have this idea of we'll, we'll sort of pickpocket our way through the market. We'll charge ridiculous prices. We've got a brand new stadium, you know, that's that's making more money than you'll believe, and that'll be okay for me. You know, if 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 Spurs were still in White Hart Lane and charging thirty pound a ticket like Brentford are, then we can't really complain because that's the level they're at. But when you're paying these when you're paying these kind of prices, and you're being sold a dream. We're, it's, uh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that, then 
why why should we not believe as fans that this is what we're entitled to? Because it's like it's 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 completely wrong. But Chris, moving away, I mean, as I said, the Melvin and Craig and yourself, this tour and every preseason tour, like Melvin spoke about mine and having six games, these tours are all commercial. It's very, very little what happens on that pitch is yeah, it's just it's just a game. Most of the most of the work Ange is doing is on the training pitch. That's why he's he's doing two forty fives with two different teams. Um, how many players have we seen on preseason tours before have played games and moved on? Like Craig spoke about it at the end of the window. Um, I, I just see that happening again. Now, I think the problem is that a lot of these players haven't moved on because there's very little interest in them. I mean, we're talking about Endon Billy being sold for ten million euros. So I think I think for at the moment it's just about trying to get what they can, Chris, for for fees for players. But I can see what happened. We see me Matt Doherty, Sarah Joyer. I can see a lot of contracts maybe. Once September hits, if players haven't moved on, it could be a matter of cutting contracts for a couple of them. Because as Craig said, it's totally infeasible to go on the season with 35, 36 players. But I just think at the moment they're trying to do their best to get to get to get fees on. But unfortunately the interest isn't there. And and it's a big big worry because I hope the club don't have the view, Chris, that if we can't get rid of Sanchez and we, we keep Eric Dyer that we've got enough covered centre back. There's no point signing two centre backs because we've got if we get one on and we've got them two, then we're okay. Because if if that happens, Chris, like you said about the playing style, that will worry me. In the game, as I said, I don't want to talk about the Lions City Sailors game because they were miles off a level a bit against the season. But in the West Ham game, I think we conceded four shots on target and we conceded three goals. Now that just tells me already that we're dominating games more because if they've only had four shots. Then that's a big, big. I seen teams last season, Pepperness, Pepperness, and Pepperness. I think it's very unlikely if we go into games this season, time after time, if a team has four shots to score three goals. I think it was just a one off. Defensively, we weren't good enough, and we know there's massive gaps there. But I think the style of play is going to enable us to dictate games more and dominate games more. And it's just then we have to get these centre backs in to then delegate the fact that we're going to be so, so positive going forward that we have to watch on the counter-attack. And if you get a couple of centre-backs in, they snuff out them. Like, Basuma's been super in pre-season from what I've seen. I think he's going to be a big, big player for us this season. If you get the centre-backs in and you've got him, the goalkeeper, as Craig says, I've not seen a lot of him. And, that, and that's probably a good thing. The fact we haven't seen a lot of him, he's not been that busy. So if we go into Shakhtar and Barcelona, he's not done a lot, then it just has to be positive on the line. And he's in there for his ball playing a ball anyway. So... Look, there's no point saying it's great. It's, no, but against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, of course we're going to be under the back foot a bit more. But I think it's just about strength and that spine, midfield defence. But I'm, but I'm very, very positive, Chris. I think the style of play is very, very good. You know, I don't think it. I don't think Ange is stupid. He's not. He's not the type. The the way he speaks is very positive, as well. So I just he's handled all these conferences, press conferences as well with Harry Kane. I get the feeling that we're getting our Spurs back. So if he gets if he gets backed, now this is the problem, Chris. If he gets back properly in the market with Levy and Enik, then I think we could be we could be in for a half decent season. And it's it's for me this season's about getting back into the Champions League. There's there's possibly five spots going between fourth and fifth. Um and I'm one I'm one on a trophy. And if not one on a trophy, um, you know, being very, very close and then you can build on that. And for me, Chris. One thing that I'm looking at in these games in the league this season, even if we don't do well, 
results-wise, his performance. And I want to see us go to Liverpool away, Man City away, United away, and be competitive. Not We, we won't sit back anyway, but I want to see us go there and scare them. And if we do that there, then I'll be very, very happy. Craig, where do you think the um, where do you think the ambition is to finish in the league table this season? What will Daniel Levy be saying to Ange Postecoglou? We must finish in what spot? We must finish in the Champions League. We must finish in a Europa League spot, a Europa Conference League spot, or will he be happy finishing outside those European places again in eighth place like we just have? Because someone made a very good point a minute ago. Arsenal are just about to sign David Raya as a backup goalkeeper when we didn't want to pay that money for an experienced goalkeeper, an experienced Premier League goalkeeper that I feel, and I think a lot of Spurs fans uh, feel that he would have done a very, very good job. We've gone and bought Vicario instead. Of course, we don't know how it's going to pan out with him. Let's hope that he's going to be a good goalkeeper. But our North London rivals just up the road are about to sign a very, very good, capable goalkeeper in Premier League football as a backup. What do you think the main ambition from the football club is because when we're talking about all of these transfers and about our transfer window, and we're rating as fans the transfer window. What are we aiming for? Because if it is top four, I feel like we're miles away. <clears throat> yeah, it's. I would imagine if he's put a position on it, it's got to be to get back into Europe, and it's got to be Europa League minimum. So if, if it does come down to fifth, the Champions League, I guess you're looking seventh and upwards. Um, I th- look, I think that's achievable. I, th- I agree with you that we're probably way off Champions League at the moment with this squad. At the moment, if, if we went into the season with that squad and couldn't get anybody else in, no way, no way. We're miles off top four, top five. Um, the Arsenal game for Raya, I mean, I was annoyed we didn't push for him anyway. You could argue all day whether 40 million is is right, but that's what he's worth to Brentford. And, and you know, we're doing it with Harry Kane. So when you look at it, for me, if you'd given me a choice between 40 million Raya and what did we pay for Vicario? 25, was it? Something like that? 17 million. 17. It's, it's a bit unfair because I don't know enough about Vicario. And look, they'd have done their due diligence, I'm sure. I would have preferred to overpay a little bit for Raya. I, we, I was a bit disappointed we didn't go for Raya. But Arsenal seem to be following the Man City model where they've got a really, really good two 11s. So the backups are, are as good as the first thing. So they haven't really got... I mean, Manchester City, You, I, I think a lot of us that have trouble, apart from a few key players to choose Man City's strongest eleven, And that's that's the goal, isn't it? That, that is what you'd love to have at Tottenham. You bring in a player and it doesn't weaken weaken the team at all. I mean, how many centre-backs has City got now? And why aren't we putting in bids for Americ Laporte and play people like that? They're just signing Gradiol, for God's sake. And, you know, they've paid, what, 77, 80 million for him. You could say they've overpaid for him. But I think he's a great player. I think he'll adapt to the English League. And that's what the big teams do. City go about their business quietly and without any fuss, and they they get the deals done. Then you never see City backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards like we do, pulling out of the deal, walking away, trying to get prices down. It's not what the big clubs do, uh, and it, it's just it frustrates the hell out of me because I must be a fool to myself because every transfer window I think, nah, they're going to do it differently this time. They're going to do it differently. 
you know, I know what we've done in the past, but they've, they've got to do it differently, surely, because doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is madness, as we all know. And every single transfer window, we do the same thing over and over and over again. And it's just frustrating because we've all sat there, I'm sure. You read Twitter, you watch YouTube videos, and you think, God, I could do a better job than that. Why aren't they doing this? And, of course, it's daft because that's not our profession. But there is a small part of me that thinks, do you know what? I could actually have a decent input into this if I was given the range to do it. And it does make you wonder whether Lee, Levy does micromanage far too much. He wants to see every penny go, coming in the bank account, going out the bank account. And perhaps does that stall us in so many ways because he, he might put a limit. Right, you can't go above X amount for such and such a player. And then, you know, don't, if, he, if, he, if they're really haggling, I'll come in and, and deal with it. And sometimes we've lost players. Over many years, we've lost players, I'm sure, that we really wanted. Could have done the club a lot of good. And we've haggled over two, three, four, five million, which to us is obviously a hell of a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. But to a club like Tottenham, it's not, is it? You know, and we penny pinch. Look at the Grealish deal. God, we, we could talk about so many different deals. We've got to do things differently. Because, as I say, going back to Raya, I, th- I think he'd have been a perfect fit for our goalie. I'm not dissing Vicario, by the way. Like I say, I haven't seen enough of him to make a proper judgment. But we, we have to do things differently. I, like, like Gareth said, I'd love to get these centre-backs in before the window, um, before the, um, the pre-season tour, at least one of them. And, you know, Harry Kane must be looking at this thinking, they're not doing anything differently. Why should I hang around? If You know, they, I made these promises and... They're not doing, they're not bringing in the players to, to, to make me believe we're going to do anything. So I don't know what so, the answer is, but yeah, it's not good. So I was going to ask Craig, um, what do you think the ambition is then? What do you think Daniel Levy has said to Postacoglu? We must finish in a European spot. So uh, one to seventh, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, yeah that, like I said, rather start, I think he's probably said Europa League minimum. Obviously, they're going to be striving for the Champions League because that's the one they want to get in. But I, I, I don't think he'd want the Conference League and certainly he wouldn't want to finish eighth again or below, God forbid. It's, going to, it's got to be a minimum, a minimum of the Europa League, surely. It's got to be. Melvin, let's come to you on that exact point. If Spurs were uh, to aim to finish in a Europa League spot next season, what more do we need to do in this transfer window and how far are we away from that? I think... In a way, we're asking like the wrong question because I think we're looking at it the wrong way. I think Postacoglu will say to Levy, this rebuild, I want to build it in a way where I win the league in two years, for example. Build me a squad that will win the league in two years because we're not going to win it this year. We're not going to win it maybe the next season. But if you look at Arsenal, the way they were building it, one I think... Yeah, yeah. Win the league in three years. That's the aim. It's not finishing the top four. That's not the aim. I'm sure... I don't know what to No, <laughs> but... Melvin, 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 I think what's more realistic would happen was Levy said to him, you've got two years. We've won them two years. No, no, no. Postocoglu will say I, to Levy, I, I, I want I to win the league is, in two years. I don't want... Like, should it wouldn't, shouldn't it wouldn't be... It wouldn't not because Ange would have said that's unrealistic. I think what, what Levy would have said to Ange was... By the end of your second season, we need to be back in the Champions League. I think that's the aim. I don't. 
I wouldn't say but it's, it's the wrong. Friend. It's the wrong mentality. It's the wrong mentality. Oh, the aim, oh, the aim Chris, is in top four. Melvin, Melvin, I remember. I remember yes. Melvin coming on this channel saying exactly the same thing about Antonio Conte. No, yeah, no, and, and it's, no. it still remains. It still remains the case. The aim should never be top four. Why is the aim top four? The aim is to win the league. Set up a team that will try to win the league. If you fall short, okay, you come second. Yeah, but, that, but at least your, aim that's, high. That's, 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 your aim to... that's your opinion. What yeah, I think, what I think, it has to be. Why? has to be. Let Melvin finish, please. But the aim has to be set up. A... Okay, now, now we have a new manager. We have a new opportunity to start to think. Change, change the, the mentality. Stop aiming for top four. Okay, now the, the from my opinion, I'm ready. I'm ready for this rebuild. I'm ready to be patient with the manager. If we start buying young, for, how, the way I see it is, we're buying young players. The mold is young players. So these players are going to come in not knowing the Premier League, not not ever never played. Most of the players that are coming in are from the German league. The only player is Madison that, that has Prem experience that we've bought this window. We're buying young players that won't hit their prime in, in until three, four years. Yes, Kane would have left by then or would have retired. But but in a way, we need to build, we need to look at this, build a team that will be in their best in three, four, four years' times. You know, Destiny's 22, 21. These are young, young players that we have. Kozewski is 22, 21. There's Basuma's quite young. There's Vicario is very young. These these players will hit their prime in, 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 in three years. And they will be experienced and know the Postokoglu system. I don't see us... That should be the aim. The aim should be to buy players that will win us the league in three years. And we will be absolutely like, like Celtic did. I'm sure it was easier for him because the Celtic... It's not the same level as the Premier League, so it will take him longer. But like he says, he has better resources. He has more money. There's better pull. You know, they say Celtic is a bigger club than Spurs. So why don't, you know, we can we can go to Celtic and take their best players because we have a bigger pull than Celtic. I know, I know they've won more in in the in, in the last few years, but but the Premier League is one of the biggest leagues in the world. We have one of the best stadiums in the world, and. And if we start to play really, really attractive football and, and, and the manager does pretty much what he did with Celtic, I think I think we can there will be a buzz about Spurs next season, like how Declan Rice speaks about Arteta this season. There will be players talking saying, Oh, I wanna come play for Ange, I wanna continue what he's doing with Spurs. And and we build on that momentum. I don't I I I Chris, like you said, I said this under Conte and under Jose. We, we, it's the wrong mentality to aim for fourth. You have to aim for top. And if you miss, you miss. But at least you, be, you come second, you come third or you come fourth. But you need to aim to win the league. It's the wrong mentality to try to say the aim is top four. I don't think we're a million miles up, up, up away from top four. I mean, we finished fourth under Conte. How it's, many not, it's not impossible to finish. It's not if we bring in the, the defenders that that we we are being linked with. Even if we bring in one and go yeah. and, and 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 they're not injured, you know. By you know, I think we'll be okay. But if we bring in two 
if we have cover. I mean, we don't have European football, which is a massive, massive factor. I mean, people forget about that. I think, I think not playing, not playing Tuesdays and and and, and Thursdays. I think it's going to be massive for us. Brighton, Austin Villa, and all these clubs have have much more extra games than we do, and and I think it's going to be. It's it's gonna make a difference in the points. I think we'll finish probably we'll gain ten to fifteen more points than last season easily, just just because of that. One, because we had a really, really poor season. And two, I think the first the first season and 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 we have exciting players. I think we can do well. It's just how long until until all the players start to believe believe in the manager and believe in, in the way we're playing. It's just the the question was the question was about if 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 the aim is top four if Levy is 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 saying to to Koglu, I want you to finish top four <laughs> if he still is asking those questions I think Levy needs of Levy needs to get out of that chair because the the goal should be I want to build you a team that will win the league in three years and if in three years he doesn't win the league for example then there needs to be questions asked from the manager. Melvin, a very quick yes or no. Will Spurs sign Van der Ven? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm, Will I'm Spurs, confident. I'm Will confident Spurs we'll sign. sign. I, I don't think we'll sign both. I, I, if if we sign both, I think Kane will be sold. It's just, you know what I mean? It's like you, you take a finger and, and, and you, you pull the whole arm sort of thing. It's like, I don't think will get both over the line. But I, I see Van der Ven getting over the line. You know what, Melvin? I, I absolutely love your optimism. Uh, Mark writes here, Chris, you used to be more positive. What's happened to you? <laughs> it's realism. I, I, I'm being realistic. I think we're miles away from top four. And I think we have to do so much more in this transfer window. It's not just about what we do anyway in the window. Look at all of the other clubs around us. Uh, more importantly, the teams that finished first to seventh in the Premier League table last season, they have all gone out. They have all spent money. They have all bought good quality players in. They have strengthened probably more than us. And we were eighth. So I think that there is so much more to do. Um, Gareth, um, actually, um, yeah, Gareth, Van der Ven, will he be a good signing for Spurs? Are you confident that this deal is actually going to get over the line? I think it a great sign and I think we're going to overpay if we get him because I don't think that was the original idea. I don't think he's shown enough from what I've seen to be a, a 50 million euros player. Uh, you're looking at 40, between what, 43, 44, 45 million. A lot of money for centre-back, Chris, that somebody that was available, we reckon, for 30 million. Um, but, I, but I think it could be what we need. And at this stage now, Chris, money, money is irrelevant. I think we need to have players on. So... For me, out of the two, from what I've seen, based on what I've seen of Ange, I think Van de Ven would be the better buy. But, you know, no doubt we'll get Van de Ven and Top Sobel go to Man City in two years. Seems to be the way it is. But, look, I'll be happy if Van de Ven comes in, regardless of the money at this stage. I just think we need him. And I think he, he, he walks straight into the team. For me, it's Romero and Van de Ven at the back and a back two. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gareth, let's stay with you. Um, Fabrizio Romano has also stated that Tottenham are prepared to close the Ashley Phillips deal for £2 million fee by the end of this week. If it all goes to plan, the release clause will kick into his contract. He has already said yes to Spurs. Have you seen anything of Ashley Phillips? What do you make of him? And do you think he's going to be a first-team player or do you think he'll go into the under-21 squad? Chris, I'm, I'm not really interested in this at all. Just the same way I knew we'll speak about the Argentinian striker. Look, the, these are deals that really shouldn't be dominant in our transfer window. These should be like sort of back of the sort of like back back street deals being done. We're signing players for two, three years time. This sh- we shouldn't be hearing about this. I mean, Chris, you want to come on here and talk about Van de Ven, Pop Soba, maybe an arm of feeder coming on? You don't want to be asking me what I think of Ashley Phillips coming on for two million. We've I mean, got to cover it. We've got to no, cover it on the podcast. No, I know that, but ideally, that's not where we we want to be at. You know, a player coming on for that kind of money. But, but I, I can't I can't win. People are calling me miserable because I'm trying to be realistic about our season. I've got to ask you about Ashley Phillips. No, no, no. I I get no. I'm not saying you can't ask me. What this, I'm saying, this, this, this is probably I why I didn't want to record this podcast, and Craig did. Ideally, this could be like a. So we've we've signed we've signed uh, Van de Ven, Madison. Oh yes, we've got the young Blackburn centre back. Um, when we talk about him next year, the, we shouldn't be really. You know, this is the this is where we're at, and it's kind of getting back to the point Melvin made about about you know. I I agree with what he's saying. Within three or four years, I would love to see us challenging one in the league, but I don't think Levy. I don't think Daniel Levy has that intention in his head. I really don't. I think it's very much about getting back in the Champions League and sustaining that challenge. I, I really do. I don't see a will they go and let's go and win the league. I don't see that. Like uh, you, you speak about our, somebody's comment there, um, put up about Arsenal being eighth, eighth, fifth, and then second. But there's for let's think about it. Three or four years ago, Arsenal were Arsenal's owners have been very, very heavily criticised. The Cronkies. Um but the difference is they have backed a manager they believe in. And I have yet to see that happen at Spurs. Pochettino was the best we've had in a long time and he wasn't back. So I don't get that feeling. Even if Ange was to go on and do great things, even if he got us into the top four this year, let's just say. Um, but I but I do believe that Ange is the, has been told within two years, you need to get back in the Champions League. Um, I think that'll be his target. I don't think... Not that they should be a total write-off, but I think that as long as they're there, they're about showing good signs. Next season, he'll be judged on, and he'll have to get a Sunday Champions League football, whether that's free, one in the Europa League, or being in the top four or five, based on the, the positions. But I don't, Chris, I'll, I'll be totally shocked if I don't see a will 
they go and won the league at Spurs. I just don't see it. You know, when have we ever went out and got a world-class footballer um, or went out and spent, you know, crazy amounts of money on a player that, you know, the players on the market this summer was like sort of Bellingham, Declan, Rice. Um, you know, they were the two talked about midfielders that everybody wanted. Arsenal went and got one of them, you know. And I think we're much, not to say we're as good as them, but I think we're much in the same situation as, as Liverpool are. Liverpool's fans are very frustrated at the moment. They've lost Bellingham to Real Madrid. Um, there's talk now of Casido going to Chelsea. Um, Lavia, a deal is stolen. I think we're very much on the business side of things, Chris. And I think it's very much we have to sell, they buy. We might have room for one top signing like Madison. Um, but I, I don't I do not see a world they want this club. Um, I think it's top four and possibly domestic trophies. I, I would love to have Melvin's optimism and I do share that we should be there. I think what Melvin's points are right that within the free a manager coming in the Spurs with the money we're spending, the stadium we've got, the money we're generating should be within three years you have got a at least be challenging for the league. Um, but at this club, I think if, if a manager come on and got top four for the next five or six years, I don't see him being sacked for not being able to win the league. That's that, that's the top and bottom of it. So, Chris, much work to be done, but I think we have to we have to walk before we can run. Um, and get do you know what? The only answer to the question you, you had, Chris, was see if we get into the top four and we're not progressing as a club, being under Ranger and our manager, and we're just sort of staying third, fourth, dropping the fuff. If we're if we're not pushing for the top one or two and challenging, that'll tell you everything. But I think we're we're a long way away from that. They even even believe or we can even think about that. So, Gareth, a, a quick yes or no? Ashley Phillips, a good signing for you? I don't, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> um, all, all I can say is you have to you have to trust the scouting department. But again, it's one of the end deals where I think it should be way, way, way away from topic. I think it should be. We should be signing. If we sign Van de Ven, Top Soba, Chris, I guarantee you probably wouldn't be asking me about Ashley Phillips. And that's where we're at as a club at the moment. You'd be thinking we've got two top centre-backs on. You might mention, oh, we've got Ashley Phillips on as, as a youngster going well. He could be a great player in three or four years. But the fact that the only centre-back we look close to signing is Ashley Phillips is why you're asking me. And it just shows you the ambitions of the club. Chris, what what are their their plan with this defender anyway? Because if they bring him in just to sit on yeah. the bench, they're gonna you know they're gonna stagnate his his development. So what's the point? I, I believe that he will be put into the under twenty one squad, and uh, he is a a very decent up and coming defender. And uh, it's what the academies do now. It's what the um, development sides do they go out and they scout these players and they want to now buy players in that is what they do now it's, it's modern day football um craig let's come to you because of course uh, another update fabrizio romano stated that talks are ongoing for argentina striker uh, alajo Viles. um no agreement in place between all parties but negotiations are concrete but reports in argentina in the last couple of hours have stated there is a complete agreement between tottenham and the player on a five-year contract the clubs are now discussing a sell-on clause, payment terms, and deciding where he will play his football until the end of the calendar year 2023. Um, what do you make of this signing? Um, I believe it's going to be another signing that uh, probably going into the under-21 squad when he does eventually join Spurs, if he does uh, join Spurs, if it, if it does get over the line. But it does look likely that this is going to be done. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, I know nothing about this, this lad. Um, how much are they talking we're paying for, for him, Chris? Do you know? 12 million. 
12 million. Okay. Uh, not a small amount of money. The only thing I would say, Craig, is uh, Tim Vickery uh, was on Sky yeah. Sports earlier today. Of course, he is the South American football expert, knows his stuff, and he yeah. is unconvinced by this signing. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, that clip earlier when Michael Bridge was on doing the uh, transfer show at 7 o'clock. Um, you got to trust him on his South American football. He does know his stuff. Uh, a little bit worrying, this one, for me, because, like I say, 12 million not not a small amount of money. So, again... Is the scouting department wrong or is Vickery wrong? Um, I, I, do you know what? I don't know. It's a risk, isn't it? I think it's a bit of a risk. I mean, loaning him back probably till January or something like that and then bringing him over. I mean, he's, he can't be a direct replacement for Kane if Kane goes because that would just be utterly ridiculous. Um, I think it's just a bit of opportunistic business from the club. Um, and like you say, putting him in the development squad. That's the only thing I can I can think of and, and see how he goes. It does worry me a little bit that he's bringing in these young players. I know the teams do it, like you say, but is it, is it helping the lads in our academy that are already there, the, the up-and-coming up lads, you know? Um, Dane Scarlett, Troy Parrott, Sunset Bell, you know, people like that. Is that stunting there? Development. I mean, I would expect Parrot would have kicked on now and be challenging for our first team, but he doesn't seem to be at that standard yet. I don't know how old Troy Parrot is now. He's probably 21, 22, so he should be getting there. But signings like this, I don't know enough about the lead to to make a to make a, a, a judged opinion on it really, but. As I say, it's got to be an opportunistic sign-in. They've probably been looking at him for a number of months or even years and perhaps have decided to go in for him because he's going to be available. Um, I suppose it's just one of those wait and see. I'll have to go and see if I can find some clips of him playing because I know very little about him, really. Melvin, let's come to you. Reports are stating that Galatasaray are now interested in Tongi Ondombele. Is it finally time that the Tottenham Hotspur midfielder moves on on a permanent deal? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I just, I, I'm sure the manager has seen him in training, seen what he can do. And um, I'm sure they played games behind closed doors and had a good look at him before deciding. Um, I think maybe he might play him against Spartak Moscow. Sorry, Shakhtar, Shakhtar Donetsk, I mean. Um, Spartak Moscow is the team for We're not, we're not, we're not for back Sanchez. in not back in Europe yet. Yeah, I had the two teams mixed up in my head. But yeah, I'm sure we'll see him play maybe on the 6th of August. And um, and, and and we'll see if, if, he, if he plays well. I'm sure the manager might decide to keep him, but he might already have made up his mind. And, and the way Gio is playing, I think definitely one was going to be kept, but maybe not both. It depends. If if I'm sure they're confident they can get a fee, which is which is rare these days for us, because it seems we can't sell anyone. And uh, if we can get him off the books, and and have this saga, you know, done and dusted, because I'm getting pretty sick of of talking how talented the guy is and and not being able to play for more than 65 minutes. And uh, I mean, he's another player that went off to another league and 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 won something and and not. And not win with us, so I just you need to, you need to bite the bullet and, and move him on. If 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 that's what the manager wants, if he wants to keep him, I'm sure he can be a good impact sub or or have a role in the team. I mean that's what he pretty much played for Napoli. He came on off the bench and 
and and and he, and he played that way. But yeah, for Ndombele, I'm much more excited about you know Bissouma, Papasar, and and the other players. You know, Madison, Losel. So I'm much more excited about them than than Gio. I mean, uh, sorry, Ndombele. Um, and I mean, Ndombele, he had his chance. He had he played under three, four managers, and 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 he he couldn't he couldn't excite them enough for for them to keep to keep him and and it's like if if you if you couldn't prove prove yourself in all this time i mean i don't know it's it's difficult it's difficult to win over the fans now and i'm sure lots of fans are they want to see more of him but i just i don't know it just he has so much talent and and it's just a shame and you think you think it's so difficult to get to the position where he is. It's like, why don't you just grab it with both hands and and seize the opportunity? I mean, so many players and ex-players wish they're in his position right now. And just me, even me, I wish I was in his position right now, trying to play for spares. And but it just, I don't know. It's just some people have it and some people don't. And it just seems, it just seems I don't want to waste another another season saying the same things we used to say a couple of years ago i think we should move on and i i hate repeating these things and and it's like yeah we, i mean it's like it's like the eric dyer situation i mean a lot of people don't want to give him another chance why should we give eric dyer another chance when 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 you know what i mean it's like just move on cut ties and 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 sell him if we can get a fee for ndombele I'm sure we're not going to get a fee for Eric Dyer, but we move on in Dombele, get 11 million and invested in Tapsoba or Van de Ven, you know, and even even there's so many other players that we can get a fee for Sanchez, um, Tanganga, there's Roden. I'm, I'm sure if if Levy set up like buy one, get one free, you know, buy one for five million, get one free, we'll have 50, 60 million by the time he does that. But it's, it's a lot of it's yeah. a lot of ifs, Melbourne, isn't it? Because it's... Sanchez, Sanchez, why is why on earth ten days before the season? Why is Sanchez still at the football club? Why is Lloris still at the football club? He's looking for another club. He didn't go on the tour. Uh, from what I understand, Spurs are now wanting money for Lloris rather than letting go on a free transfer. People it's like Perisic, they wouldn't wages. go. It's probably wages. They're on high wages, and, and the clubs they're going to, the leagues they're going to. I mean. None of them are as are as wealthy as the Premier League. The Serie A is struggling, the Spanish league is struggling, Germany is, is is behind. All these leagues they can't afford. Ironically enough, because we we can't we don't pay the wages City and and United do, but even we can compete with Juventus and and AC Milan, and I mean we can compete with these major clubs, but but it just seems the Premier League is so big these days, and there's so much money. In the Premier League, there, you know, Joe Roden can't get the same wages he's on, you know, if he goes back to Swansea. He doesn't want to go back. He'd rather stay at Spurs, see out his contract, get a massive payday, and then you know, leave on a free. You know, these players don't care about about moving on and doing the right thing, but they they, it's just it's the money. I'm sure, I'm sure Joe Roden wants to keep playing for for his national team and 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 all the all this kind of stuff, but. He won't move on. Even Tanganga, Tanganga needs a, a, a move for his own to save his own career. But he probably won't find a club as as great as Spurs. You know, with the facilities that we have, with the same wages, and 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 the same with Ndombele and all these guys. It's like 
we created such a great environment for them to to work at, but they don't want to leave it. Gareth, uh, Roger Ibanez was uh, another player that Spurs are being linked with, but Fabrizio Romano has literally just tweeted that Nottingham Forest have submitted an official bid to Roma for Ibanez, a proposal worth around 25 million euros. Have Spurs missed out here? Yeah, I don't know who he is. Um, who does he play for, Chris? Roma. Roma. Oh, I don't know anything about him again. And also, in the last half an hour, um, Arsenal just submitted an opening bid for David Leia to Brentford. The proposal was worth £20 million fixed fee plus £3 million add-ons. David Leia told Brentford that he wants the move as personal terms are already agreed with Arsenal. I've seen the, I've seen the Raya one. Um... Again, it's you the team maybe you're looking at Brentford and thinking we can we can try and bargain. But as you've seen in the uh, we 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 teams this year, it's not been easy. To, it's not been easy to to get players on because you look at Southampton for example, they they stood firm in War Price Lavia. They got forty million for Livermore and Newcastle. A lot, you're paying over the odds for a lot of players, Chris. And I, and I do agree that you know there probably is an inflated market. And but it's it still doesn't justify not spent money. Um, Chris, you're on about the Abanez there again. I don't really know who he is. Where, where does where does he play? Or he's well, he play, he's in the he plays as a defender. He's not very good. He made no no what position? Sorry, what position? He's a central defender, if I'm not mistaken. And I spoke to a Roma fan about him, and he said he made two critical errors in a in a derby, which which led them to a loss. He's a Spurs yeah. player. He'd be one up on Eric Dyer, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, look, like Melvin makes look, I don't agree with Melvin much, but he makes some great points about players at this club. Two reasons why he's right. There's a massive, massive sort of expectation at this club that just do okay. The bare minimum is just do okay, and you can just walk on next week. See players like Davis and Sanchez who are on massive wages and on belly on massive wages. He's right, they're not gonna they're not gonna get the attractive offers from anywhere else. They're likely gonna be moving the teams somewhere in Europe who are not at the top of their leagues, earning much less money when they can have a fancy big contract at Spurs, not even kick a ball, turn up the training and live in London. So he is right there that it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of shifting to get these players out the door. Um it would be great if Barcelona came on for Sanchez. If Real Madrid come in for Ndombele, but that's just not going to happen. These these players are, are way, way short of the level required for your top European teams and your top English teams. So um, we, we could be stuck with some of these, Chris. Don't be surprised if that window closes and we're stuck with three or four of these players. Um, and oh, sitting... I'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised? No. Oh, you won't be surprised? No, it's going to be. It's going to take a lot to shift these players. Well, it means we, you know, if a team comes in and offers Ndombele... Hundred thousand pounds a week. Um, they go to say like Yal Tassaray. We might have to pay the other hundred thousand pound up until he's end his contract just to get him out. Because you know, if he's only worth ten million euros, then and Gal is the only team really with a positive offer for him. It just shows you where he's at and where he's viewed at. So I think we're gonna struggle to move some of these players out. Um but uh, again, uh, uh, Chris, some of these players we're being linked with and we're talking about, it's, it's not inspiring. I want to see, I want to see proven players come onto the club. You told me, you told me at the start, you were optimistic. I'm optimistic if Ange gets back, as I said, the sort of show. But if Ange, if Ange was the start of the season with what we've got now, 
I wouldn't be because he can only do so much on the training pitch. But if he was to get a Van de Ven, I, I still think we're a midfielder short of top quality. I mean, I'm not talking about a world class midfielder, but I, I yeah. think we're. Frank Cassie, that's the one not, we need. Frank Cassie, not good enough. Not, not he is good enough. enough. He won. He won no, the Melbourne AC Milan. No, Melvin, not, let me let, let me come to you, Melvin. Let me come to you on Frank Kessie because reports yesterday and today, lots of them were stating that he wanted the move to Spurs. He preferred the move to Tottenham to come to the Premier League instead of Juventus or Saudi clubs. And it now looks like he's on the way to Saudi Arabia. Have Spurs missed out on this deal? Oh yeah, massively. I. It's no secret my girlfriend is an AC Milan fan and I watch every single game for the last, you know, the length of our whole relationship. And Frank Cassie, every single time I watched him, I was like, wow, I would take him as spares. He's better than what we have. They call him Frank the Tank for a reason. He's good and he can score goals. He's he's a really good player. He reminds me of Dembele, but he's not as good as Moussa Dembele. But he has... He actually, he actually has strength. He actually has stamina, and and we missed out fifteen million. He's he's exactly what we think Busuma is, but Busuma keeps getting injured, and this guy does it for a whole season. He's he's a tank, and they won the league that season, and he was vital. I mean, Inter were a much better squad than AC Milan, but AC Milan w- went into this groove of of grinding out results, not conceding any goals. And and he was vital in that. And I would be buzzing if we bought him. But I just don't know. He he went to Barcelona on on, on a free. And um and what did he yeah, do? And, yeah, but he w- I think I think he can he can do bits for us. I think he'd he'd be good for us. I mean he was really good in, in, in Serie A. And with Bar- with Barcelona they took in many players that didn't play. Because it's different in Spain, and 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 he can. It's very tactical, and and and, and the rhythm of the the football in Spain is different than 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 other leagues. We see we see it with players that come come to us, like like um, Brian Hill. I mean, Brian Hill plays really well in Spain, and then comes to us, and he can't compete physically. I mean, this guy we need. I think Postacoglu wants him because he wants Gallagher because he thinks our midfield is still a bit light. We don't have the spine. We need someone. We need players to have strength, power, stamina. And, and and right now, I just don't see the spine. I mean, the only player that is like remotely close to that is Hoiberg. And we're we're trying to sell to sell him. We're trying to to sell probably other than Besuma, the most strong person and and def- defensively minded person. Not that last season he was very. Very good at those things because because he was he was left exposed and and he was overplayed and and I think I think he was he, I think I'm right to say he was our third top scorer Hoiberg which is a strange Melvin. statistic but Melvin can I can I ask you about Pierre Hoiberg because we're going to come on to him apparently Spurs are willing to let him go in this summer transfer window but yeah. they want yeah. more than thirty million pounds in your opinion how much is Hoiberg worth? Listen, if if you buy Frank Kessie with the exact same money, and or or it's it's an immediate upgrade in my in my opinion, but Hoiberg is I don't know because it's strange. The player is worth what the club is willing to pay for him. So if they're only willing to pay fifteen million, but if Man City come in for him, we can say, oh, we want fifty. 
it's like it's it's it's, it's only worth what the club is willing to pay if the, the they if they only play pay 15 million then the then okay we ask 20 in my opinion for 15 million i rather keep hoiberg because i don't think we're gonna get <laughs> i don't think we're gonna get anyone better than him i mean we're being linked with Connor gallagher who who was great for crystal palace but we don't know what he would do for us i mean i mean i i trust i trust what postokoglu you know sees in a player and 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 i trust the scouting his scouting ability i mean he can spot a player we can see that with celtic he did he did quite a good job with recruiting you know in 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 a few seasons but i mean it's it, we're, we're we're about to lose hugo Lloris, hoiberg there's a possibility of harry kane and we'll we don't have benton core because he won't be fit enough for two see two two months and we're not sure if he'll be 100 percent back that's that's a lot of players core key core players that got us top four under conte we're gonna lose three four five core players that we had from that season that's a lot to take out you know right away but i don't know it's 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 up to the manager to decide. But personally, I would keep Hoiberg and sell him next season. No. Gareth, let's come to you. Um, Spurs keep being linked with uh, Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest. Your thoughts on that? He'd be a positive signing, in my opinion. He, he gives us something we haven't got. Apart from maybe Solomon coming on. Johnson. For, uh, Chris, uh, Chris uh, uh, I'm, I really like this player at Spurs, but... He's starting to worry me a wee bit, Kozeski. He's very predictable. He cuts on his left foot. His decision-making at times is very poor. Um, look, I, I want to give him a bye ball. I really, really like Kozeski. There's there's a lot they like about him. Technical quality. But I think he's... I don't say he's a one-track pony, but he's all left foot. He doesn't give you anything else on that left foot. So I think, I think Solomon coming on has definitely give... Kozeski competition, but I think Johnson would, would be a great signing. I really do. I really do. I like you look at Forrest last season. He was fantastic. He terrorized teams on the right hand side. Um, Hammond Gibbs White for me single handedly kept Forrest up. Without them two, they were they'd have been stone last. They were very very. They, the only reason Forrest did up was they scored they scored a lot of goals. They were letting goals on, but um, I think Johnson be you're talking. It depends on the fee. You know, it wouldn't be going any more than thirty. 30 million on him and but he's got he's got a lot of potential um i think johnson would be it depends it depends on chris if kane's leaving then johnson's not going to be a replacement but if you're talking about johnson coming on they have what we've got i think it's a great option because i think we're short on the left hand side too if you look at it we've got kozeski son solomon um and, and harry kane and richardson you know i see richardson more as a number nine for me the problem is, but for Charleston, if Kane stays, I don't, especially we've only had one game a week, I don't really see how Richardson fits on, other than coming off the bench. If we've only got one game a week, Harry Kane plays, I don't think Richardson's a left-sided player, a right-sided player. You're shoehorning him on. Um, Son's going to play, which we know, and I think with Son this season, we're going to find out if he's if he just had a bad season with injury or if he's in decline. And I do think it's more the latter. I do, I do see a player that's eventually going to slow down. 
you talk about Harry Kane, he's a very, very technical player. Um, he doesn't rely on his piss. I think with Son, he does rely on his piss. Um, you know, a lot of fans are critical of him for giving the ball away. So if he's not scoring goals and not setting up goals, I don't really I think I think we've probably seen the best of Son, Chris. I'd love to say him. I hope they be proved wrong. So I do think there is room for our attacking players to come on. Um so Johnson for me be a great sign. Um I'd like to see him come on for the right fee. But there's, there's there's bigger areas of the squad for me need addressed. Um, like Melvin says, I think we need centre backs as soon as possible. Um, and we we are a midfielder short. I don't agree with Frank Kessie. I don't see him as bad. We should only be bringing players on that are either going to start or compete for a starting spot. I don't think Kessie's better than Basuma. Uh, yeah. So so I I don't see how he plays. I think Hoiberg should be sold for the right price. 30 million, I think you're looking at 35. If we get 35 million, Chris, that's that's roughly what doesn't Fabinho went for 40 million euros to Saudi Arabia. So I think if you got 40 million for him, or 40 million euros, 35 million, say, I think you'd be doing okay. I, I wouldn't necessarily sell Hoiberg. I think we've got a lot of players we have to shift out first, but if you're getting 35 million for him, then I, I would sell, reinvest in a, in a more progressive type. Because I think we're only going to play with a Basuma. Um, Ange really believes in Skip from what I hear. So Skip can be the sort of stand-on number six. Now, I, I don't really see... I think Skip... I, I don't see the, the sort of hype around Skip. But if Ange believes in Skip, then Skip's going to be your stand-on, stand-on number six if Basuma gets injured. Um, so I would be going for a, a kind of Bentacler replacement because he's going to be missing at least Christmas um, with injury. And if he comes back the same player, there's still... A lot of players come back from ACL and they ain't the same player. So I do think we should be looking at a number eight, Kenna, because Madison's your number 10 Kenna player. I'm behind, I'm behind Kane. And if Kane was to stay, I think Madison and Kane could be special. I really do. I think Madison and Kane could have a... You can see already they've got a massive sort of friendship and relationship off the pitch. So imagine what they could be like on the pitch. So I do think priorities in this window are two centre-backs and a sort of like a number eight, a progressive centre-midfielder. And if we could get Johnson, people will laugh at Johnson, but I do think Johnson. Spurs have looked at him before. They were linked with him a couple of seasons ago. I do think Johnson has got all the mickens of being a very, very good player. Um, but the fact that Solomon's come on, I kind of think that that's probably our limit, unless Kane sold will not will not be signed any more Tigers. It looks like Hoybier actually wants out because he wants to be playing Champions League football. He wants to be playing European football and he wants to be challenged. Do you know what, Chris? Do you know what? If that's if that's if that's what he thinks, then let him go. He's not going to be. He's not going. I won't must Hoybier. I think he gives a hundred percent. I think he he's got leadership qualities in a way, but technically, and what he has to offer with the ball at his feet, I think we could do better. So if he wants to go, let him go. That's that's. I'm not going to lose too much to over. If we can get the right fee in, if we can get thirty five million, um, I I would be willing to let him go. But if it's anything less than sort of maybe in a push attack like thirty. If there's anything less than thirty, I think we should keep him because he's we're not going to get an adequate replacement on. But Gareth, if 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 Pesuma's injured, then we're starting skip all over again. But do you honestly think that he's going to have three number sixes? He's going to he's only going to have one game a week, so it's either I think there's room to shift one of them. Pesuma's going to be his main man. If if Hoiberg stays, where's Skip going to play? There's no there's no he point. Plays. In 
he plays attacking for the national team. I don't know, but it's, it's... Nah, he's not going. He's not going. He's not going to play for for the forwards. I, I don't see that with Skip. I think he's the number six. And uh, to be honest, Melvin, I agree. I don't think Skip is going to be a top player at this club. I think he's levels below below a team challenging for the top four, top five. Um, yeah, I, guess, I agree with that. But it seems to be that he, that Ange likes him. So is that maybe... is that what we are then? Is that what we are? The team challenging for the top four or five? No, but I think this season we are. No, what I'm saying is that I think that at the moment we can't really look any higher than that. I think this season it's about getting back on the Champions League football and possibly winning a trophy. But in two or three years' time, no, if if things go well, then but Chris, it will, it'll come a point where you know Ange can only do so much. If if Ange was to get us the top four this season or next season, maybe get get us to a couple of cup finals, maybe even won a trophy, then eventually then that will run its course. You're, no, but I'm just saying that that will run its course. You look at Liverpool at the minute, Jurgen Klopp, nobody will argue in this chat or watching the show, he's a world-class manager. They finished fifth last year because he wasn't backed by, by his owners. Every other team around them strengthened. So, Ange can only do so much. He will need help at some stage. So, we can talk about all day of what players come on, but unless Levy is going to give Ange what he wants when the time comes, then we're going to be back to square one in four or five years' time. And that's the difference with Arsenal at the moment. Arsenal are being backed. Arsenal has spent two hundred and fifty million if they sign Ryan this window. You know that is yeah. they spent two hundred million last summer. You know they they have backed a manager they believed in, and that's what we have to do as well. We've got to we've got to do that at some stage. And if and I believe Ange, if he if he earns it on the pitch, then he should be the manager we back. And if he isn't backed, then it does show the tree and bison of this club, Chris. That's just about making top four. Matt, I completely agree with your comment. Way off top four as things stand. Need to be realistic. Completely agree. Um, Craig, I just want to ask you about all of these transfers. We're hearing big transfers day in, day out during this transfer window to you know players going out to the Saudi League. What do you make of it? Well, they're going for money, aren't they? But plain and simple. You know, anybody who says <laughs> comes on camera and says, oh, it's always been my dream to play in the Saudi League. Obviously a liar. Uh, that's, that's all it is. It's all about money. All about money. And to be honest, the players that are, that are at the end of their career, like like Henderson, and they go there, oh, you can't blame them. You can't blame them at all if they're being offered that kind of money for two or three years, can you? you, you, you let's face it. We'd all do it. We'd all do it. <laughs> so, But it is a bit of a danger to football. When, when, when you get players that are perhaps at the peak of their career starting to go over there, I think that's that's a bit of a, a worry, and it's going to be a worry for UEFA because that you, you know you know when you get if you saying you've got an Mbappe go over there, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? I mean, apart from the fact is say you could say oh, Mbappe is only in it for the money. Well, most of them are in it for the money. You know, most of them don't really give two hoots about the club they play for. They've got no loyalty. You know, they're just after making a bit of money, doing the same job, and getting paid more money. And would we all do that, doing the same job for? millions and millions of pounds more. It, so, so it is a bit of a worry to football as a whole. Um, what I would say as regards Spurs, just come back on, he's talking about Kulisevsky and, and, and Wieners. Uh, uh, hold on, mate. Hold on. I just wanted to ask you how you think it's going to affect the Premier League in the long run by so many players going out to the Saudi League. Do you think it's going I to affect think... Europe's top leagues? Not at the moment, no. No, it might do in the long run. I mean, if it goes the same way as the Chinese Super League, then obviously that died a death, didn't it? But it seems there's a different feeling about it. It seems to be here to stay. But but I don't think you have to worry 
um, in the, over the next four or five years, I don't think it's going to compete with the top leagues in Europe. It's just not. Um, every, look, everybody's got their price, and, and players will continue to go over there when they're paying money. I don't think it's going to affect much because players are going to want to. The top players are going to want to play in. Uh, it's called, what is that noise? Somebody driving a train or something? That's that is really loud. Sorry. Um, I don't think it's going to affect the top leagues in Europe. No, I don't. But why why we're not going in for players like Michael Elise, who's apparently got a very low release clause? I've championed him for, for the last couple of years. I think Elise is he's very, very good player. And he's the sort of player we should be going for. Homegrown, you know, I, I think he'd do a cracking job on the wing. I think he's a really good, really good player. I don't, I don't get why we're playing going for players like Brendan Johnson, with his great respect. I think Elise is a much better player and probably probably gettable as well. But that's just my opinion. Thank Craig. Um, Man City and Chelsea are after Elise. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think he'll end up at Spurs. But they are a player of Palace. I think Eze too. Eze be a good sign on too. Anyone Eze, Eze, anyone Eze was at QPR, we was after him. And we never, anyone never went too, for him. I would definitely take over Johnson, but I still think Johnson's a good player. Yeah. Craig... Let me ask you about Harry Kane. Uh, it's, it's the last subject we're going to cover on this podcast. Harry Kane, will he be a Spurs player on the opening weekend of the Premier League season? Will he line up for Ange Postacoglu and Tottenham Hotspur in a Spurs shirt against Brentford on the 13th of August? Or do you think he's off to Bayern Munich? God, what a question. Um, look, I'm going, to, I'm going to end on a bit of positivity. I think Kane is going to stay. I, I think... I believe Bayern may well come in with another bid, but this has been absolutely crazy, hasn't it? This whole Kane saga with Bayern Munich. I just think Bayern have behaved despicably. And the arrogance from that team and the media in Germany is, is just astounds me. It really does. Um, it's been embarrassing. You know, that reporter that held up the Kane shirt and... and just the general way they've behaved is just totally alien to, to the way we do things in this country. And, and I think it's just the fact Bayern Munich are so used to walking all over other teams in the Bundesliga and getting exactly what they want. I think it just purely comes down to that. And they're not going to get their own way with Levy. And if they continue to lowball, then Levy's just going to say, nah, thanks for coming for lunch, but uh, nah. I ain't selling him for that price. So, you hear so many, like everybody, I've, I've read so many Twitter posts, stories, articles about Kane. He wants to go. He wants to talk to Munich. Munich won him. And then that reporting build the other day that had been slagging him off, basically saying he, he wouldn't fit into the system. I know you was in your video last night, Chris, where, where you were talking in depth about that. It just astounds me that this isn't, sorted by now that Levy hasn't kind of put, put an end to this. I remember when uh, Ronaldo was going to be leaving Old Trafford uh, the first time he was there. And this this was rumbling on with Real Madrid for, for weeks. And it came to a point, I remember Ferguson come out and just said, right, Ronaldo's not for sale. I don't want anything uh, talking about. It's, it's, it's over. It's finished. It's done. He's not going this year. And that was it. That was the end of it. And it's almost like you need that. I'll come back to what I said earlier. The fans need it. Postacoglu needs it. And everybody around the club just need clarity on what's going on with Kane. 
do you I, think I, I, do, do you think Postacoglu knows what's happening no. with Harry Kane? No, I don't. I genuinely don't. Uh, what is strange? What is strange? I remember coming on here uh, and I said I always get the Spurs calendar for Christmas and I always look to see where our big players are in that calendar. And this is going to sound daft, but Harry Kane was on January, and I remember that rang alarm bells me because Kane's never been on January. And they tend to put the players that are going to be moving on or they think might move on in the summer, obviously in the first six months of the year, because you don't want a player that's going coming up in December. So I always look out for that. And that rang alarm bells for me. And and it's just, it, it, it's just, I don't think anybody knows. I'm not even sure Kane knows what's going on. Um, and, and that's the question the is, thing. The question is, Craig, do Spurs accept an offer of 80 to 85 million pounds now, take the money, let Kane go, or let him leave on a free transfer next summer? Per- well, I'd, I'd, personally, I'd, I'd rather keep Kane for another year, as I, I, I think there's a lot more options open then. And as we said many times, he might sign a new contract. He might like what you see, sign a new contract. He might, you might lose him on a free, but I think we stand more chance of finishing higher end of the table with Harry Kane in the team than not. And I think Michael Bridge said it brilliantly on Sky Sports earlier, really tickled me. He said, when we sold Gareth Bale, we, we, everybody thought we bought in the seven players and he thought we, I think the words he used was swapping Elvis for the Beatles and it was more like Shawadibody was what he said, is what came in through the door. And, and that's spot on because I don't trust Tottenham to spend £85 million I'm not even sure they would, by the way. I'm not, but I don't trust them to spend eighty-five million pounds on the on the right players because history tells us that we're not very good at it. Um, Van der Ven and Kastova. Well, they should be coming in regardless, Chris. Whether we get rid of them or not, I know that, that, that is saying. how big clubs. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it shouldn't even be a discussion, should it? We should be bringing in Tapsoba and Van der Ven, and. Uh, if you're a Conor Gallagher fan, if you're a James Ward-Prowse fan, if, if Michael Alise fan, you've got to be bringing these players in regardless because we need a rebuild. Daniel Levy's not going to finish higher up the table if we don't get better players through the door. That's as simple as that. And if you're getting rid of your talisman, England captain, future Tottenham captain, club record goal scorer, England record goal scorer, if you're getting rid of him, you're not going to replace Harry Kane because there's nobody like Harry Kane. He's a one-off. You've got you've got to spend money in that area. Unfortunately, you can't get away with bringing in a kid from Argentina or the South American League or replacing with two youngsters. Yeah, build for the future. Absolutely in the background, but it should be in addition to getting the players in through the door that are proven solid players that would improve your squad. And I don't trust this club to spend 85, 90 million pounds of Kane money if he goes. So that for that reason alone, I want to keep him. But in answer to your question, I'm going to finish on positive and I, I'm going to say yes. And I would prefer that the deadline, I know it's a Kane-imposed deadline, but if he start, for me, if he starts against Shakhtar on Sunday, that says speaks volumes to me. If he's not in the team, in the squad or whatever, and some excuse comes out about him having a knock on one, that's when I'll be really concerned because... I was a bit concerned they cancelled the press conference. I'm not having it that there's not a, that the, there wasn't enough interest from reporters to have, have a press conference. I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe that for one second. There's drama. There's tons of things going on at Tottenham at the moment. 
they would have filled that press room up. I, I just don't understand that at all. So unless something's going on in the background that we don't know about, it stinks a bit that to me. But hey, we'll see. Let's see uh, uh, what the team is Sunday. Melvin, will Harry Kane be a Spurs player against Brentford? I don't know. I think I wake up every morning with a um, every morning I wake up with a different answer to that question. Um, I think this morning I woke up and I said yes, we'll keep him. But it's I think it's a win-win either way because if we keep him, we keep one of the best strikers in the Premier League. We get to see him play for another thirty-eight games, you know, and 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 a few cup games here and there, and 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 maybe you know he'll get closer to that Alan Shearer record. But if he leaves, if he leaves, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think you take the money and you invest it in, in an Ivan Tony who's, you know, in his early twenties and, and you move on. You know, we're not a we lost Gareth Bale, we lost we, we lost Luka Modric before and um and uh yeah I don't think we're a we're a one man team, even though probably last season if we didn't have Hurricane we probably would have been close to relegation. But but yeah, I think I think this season there's there's things to be positive about. You know, Richarlison I think fits the end system. And yes, he was unlucky last season with injuries and and um, and he was distracted by the World Cup and he had Conte, you know, scolding him for two hours. And and I think I think he'll be a really really good player for us this season. But I'm just excited either way. If we keep Kane, it's brilliant because we get to see him play in in, a, in an attacking system. And, and and under an, an attacking manager, and uh, if he leaves, and we get eighty million, ninety million, hundred million, whatever, whatever makes Levy happy, and um, I just say positives either way. You know, we'll take that money and we'll invest it in in in, in a good striker, and and we move on. It's not the end of the world. You know, we still have we still have amazing players at the club, and and we always will, and uh, and we'll we'll probably you know f- be lucky and and find a new hurricane somewhere else, and. Because we always do, we always have gems at this football club. You know, someone told me the other day. He said, "It's amazing how many absolutely world-class players Spurs had over the years, but we just haven't seen to get it over the line." You know, um, we've had amazing players: Modric, Bale, Van der Vaart, um, you know, Berbatov, Carrick. We've had so many amazing players, but I think we're finally at a stage where we can keep the players for a long, long time. And and, and unfortunately. If Kane wants to leave, and I think he's he's fifty-fifty about it. I think the pressure is coming more from his brother rather than him. I think, I think as time goes on, he'll be more convinced by by Ange and and by by the way he speaks. And and if we buy these defenders and they slot in and we do well and we start well, I think you know by August, by the end of August, maybe he'll sign. You know, I know it's dreamland, and but there's always a chance. There's always a chance with these things. You never know. You know, you absolutely never know. And um, I really hope he does stay. But like I said, it's it's positives all around. If we keep if we keep him, if we keep him, we keep the the Premier League's best striker, in my opinion. And if he leaves and we get eighty million to invest into the squad, that's also a positive thing. Just look at again an example. AC Milan sold Sandro Tonali, their best midfielder, and they were gutted when he left. But they bought in eight players and they're arguably a lot lot better now they brought in you know players with experience in champions league and europa league football and they're a lot better now they have a better squad and and 
again, like I said, it's just positives all around. If he leaves, he leaves. If if we keep him, we keep him. And it, it shouldn't be shouldn't be a big deal, you know. It shouldn't be this. It's not like spares are going to end and we're going to finish and we're gonna you know we're gonna die and we're gonna hate the football and we're never gonna score a goal again. You know, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. We'll move on. You know, Spurs is a football club. We we could possibly somehow be even better under Richarlison. Possibly. You never know these things. You never know until it happens. And and it's it's football, you know. There's so many uncertainties in football and and who knows what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows if next season, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It, it's just why we do these podcasts and we talk these long format videos because there's so much to talk about and discuss. And I'm sure we've said some ridiculous things in the past and sometimes they come true and sometimes they don't. I mean, me and Gareth don't always have the same opinions, but sometimes, you know, what he says comes through and sometimes what I say comes through. Who knows? It's just, it's just, I'm really excited for the season. And one thing we didn't mention, um, it's how the atmosphere is going to be under Ange Postacoglu this season. Because a Man United fan messaged me this week and he said, there's a lot of negativity around the club for some reason. And, and you guys should be more excited about the new season. And we should really get behind the manager because I I honestly can't wait. And I have I booked the closest game I can possibly get to, which is in September against Liverpool. I can't wait to be in that stadium again and and, and hear it to his full potential again. You know, it was so bad under Conte, the atmosphere, and 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 we missed, you know, through COVID and, and, and all of that. I keep thinking of the, the years we spent watching the games from home and not being able to attend the games. And I'm so excited because we get to see an attacking side at the lane, you know, under our incredible stadium. And, and, and I'm hoping that Ange can really get the fans buzzing again and, and, and there's a massive atmosphere again at, you know like it used to be under White Hart Lane I mean the away fans last season stepped it up and I really hope this season the home fans can step it up and, and we have the same the same atmosphere we did at the away games it just seems the away games had a bet, better atmosphere than the home games sometimes and I really wish this season like we really step it up because it's something we can do I mean I know we do the TFO and the flags and you hear things about the new drum. It's like, okay, but, but I really, I really want the fans to really step it up this season and create the atmosphere that, that White Hart Lane used to have, you know, in the last season of the lane, you can hear it through the TV. Like it'd be, you could hear every single chant through the TV back then. And, and you, and you can hear, you can hear it go absolutely nuts when we scored and, I just want to get back to that kind of spares. You know, when we score, everyone going absolutely crazy and, 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 and lots of noise at the stadium and having it really hostile and not, not, not making it easy for opposition to come to our stadium and play and play and, and play us off the pitch. And, and you know what I mean? I really want to get back to that kind of spares. And, and, and it's really what I'm looking forward to most. And, and I think it, we could get, get back to that kind of, atmosphere at the stadium if if we see you know if we see those kind of games where it ends four two four three those classic games where you know Berbatov scored like four goals do you remember that game you're probably you're probably there and I was at home getting like text messages from my brother telling us 
It's six six four. Was it that match? Yeah. Berbatov score. I want. I just want to get back to that kind of football where it's so exciting and 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 um, and, and I'm like counting the days. The second the second the match is over, I'm counting the days for for the next match. Under Conte, I absolutely hated us, and I couldn't wait for the season to be over. And now, I'm the opposite. I'm just buzzing for the new season. Melvin, you spoke about Harry Kane's brother there. Yeah. Of, course, of course, that's his agent. If Harry Kane was your brother, what would you be? What would you be advising him to do? Honestly, I I would tell him not to mess up his legacy because I think when he retires, yeah, people will talk about trophies and stuff like that. But I think I think he already he already tainted his past legacy when he did the Gary Neville interview and. And he said those words because he was up till then he was absolutely perfect. He, yes, he's ambitious, but you have to you have to respect the club and you have to respect the fans. And the way, the way the way he did that to us, I in a way, I haven't forgotten about that. Yes, he scores goals for us, and it's good when he scores, and and we love it. But I still haven't forgotten that he tried to leave Spurs to go to City. The way he did, um, he was still contracted to the club, and and I just think his brother is pushing for a move because he's as as an agent, he has only one client, and he gets ridiculed by by Tottenham fans and the media, and and um, I just think even his brother is trying to prove to the world that he's a good agent, and he's trying yeah, to Melvin, get him a move. If, if, if Harry came as your brother, would you be telling him to move away from Spurs? No, no. No, I would I would say no, stay spares, break the record. And 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 you wouldn't want to live your life and say, What if I stayed with Postokoglu? What if we win a trophy and Kane left? How stupid would he look? I know well, it's a long would, shot. I know it's a long shot. Won, he would have probably won three trophies by, by by then. Yeah, but I mean Gerard said said to him that one trophy at spares would mean a lot more than winning with Bayern Munich. I mean, I'd rather play for West Ham than play for Bayern I, Munich. I, I agree. But like Harry Kane said on that Gary Neville interview, if Spurs are not matching his ambition and they're not going in the right direction, then he may look to leave. I think that is a very, very fair thing to say. And that is why I'm worried about this window again under another head coach. Are we going in the right direction? Have we done enough in this window? I know the window isn't over. And, uh, you know, I want to add that uh, for balance, you know, I'm not judging the window yet, but our first Premier League game is only 10 days away. Are we matching Harry Kane's ambition? Uh, you know, he's up front last season scoring 30 goals in 38 Premier League games in a struggling team. He is doing his absolute best, can't do any more. He's like, it's like having two players in the team when you've got Harry Kane. You've got that creative spark and you've got the, the finisher as well. And, uh, are we matching his ambition to want to win trophies, to go after trophies and play in the, the biggest competitions? We're not. You, honestly, yeah, you can't argue with that. Because if we were, we would have bought all these these signings that we wanted. We would have bought them early. We would have bought them. We would have bought all of them, not just one. Not just if we're going to buy one or the other. It would have been both. Yeah, I agree with that point where you say we're not matching his ambition because we would have bought, for example, Rea straight away, 40 million. Here you go. You know, we would have bought every single player that was 
on top of the list and we would have done it right away. But I don't think we're that kind of club. And 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 Kane and Kane is by saying that I don't know. It's just it's it's we're not that kind of club. We don't sp- we don't overspend. We don't spend. It's it's just the way Levy operates, uh, sadly. And unless we change ownership, which is a whole different debate, I don't see us becoming becoming that kind of club. And I I just choose to accept it. It just it's easier that way. I don't know. I just I just choose to accept that we will never be that club where we buy Declan Rice, for example. We won't spend 120 million or whatever they spent, and 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 be that club. Certainly until we move on you know, the 11 players that we still have contracted to the club that we want to move on. I mean, we're operating this window with one hand tied behind our back and we're trying to say that we want to be ambitious. I mean, we still have how many? 36 players contracted to the club. I mean, we talk about Arsenal. Uh-huh. They're ahead of us. They moved on William Aubameyang and and they still have um, Nicolas Pepe and and they're years ahead of us in, 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 in terms of they started their rebuild and they took losses on the players that they didn't want. And we still haven't done that. We moved on one. We moved on Harry Winks. And we still have, you know, to take losses of all, all these players. And until we move them on, we're still operating with like one hand tied behind our back. And we won't see, we won't see the stadium you know the, the the full the full strength of the stadium until we move on all this deadwood and we can operate finally as a proper football club because i don't know why you're laughing Garrett. no 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 gareth let's come to you harry kane will harry kane be a spurs player on the opening weekend of the premier league season yes or no oh okay i really hope so i was laughing because my album mentioned Spurs beating Redden 6 4 in 2007. I don't know what that's got to do with Harry, <laughs> Harry Kane being a Spurs player this summer, but look, but no, you've, no, all, you, you've all gone off topic when I've it's asked just you questions. Ex- this exciting football, I want to see exciting football again, and that's but, that's uh, what reminds me of exciting uh, football those those kind of games. We let on four goals against Redden, too, but look. Um, no, I think the writing's on the wall. I think um, Harry Kane stays. I think the fact that Bayern. Had that look at these Real Madrid's and Barcelona's, they control the papers in Spain, Bayern Munich control the papers in, in uh, Germany. I think that that report was put out there. They maybe and I think they, they're starting to feel less confident about, get, about getting Kane, and that report's out there. They maybe appease Bayern Munich fans that they haven't missed out on Harry Kane if he stays at Spurs. Um, I think the fact that we're hearing these reports now, we haven't heard anything all summer. I think the fact we're hearing that um, Kane is going to stay at Spurs if he, he plays against Brentford. So I think unless something was they drastically change this week, we're hearing that there's a 25 million difference in valuation. Chris, that's quite a lot of money. Um, I think Bayern it, rather. It's pretty simple though, Gareth, isn't it? Bayern Munich could just say, "Here is the money you require." I don't think they'll do it though, Chris. I really don't. I I don't see them paying. 100 million for Kane. I think that's what Spurs want. I think they m- might take 90 plus maybe 10 million add-ons. Now I'm talking sterling, not euros. I think the highest they've got to is 95 million euros. A lot of them, a lot of the money involved in that was add-ons. So look, I think there's a lot for Bayern Munich to do to convince Spurs. I think the fact they came to London 
they flew back, no agreement. Um, came, then, then we heard within 24 hours that, um, you know, Kane was going to be staying if there's no deal done by Brentford. So I, I get the feeling he's going to stay now. I, I really do. You know, me and Craig were speaking during the week. I felt like on Monday he was going, and then by Tuesday or Wednesday, I thought he's going to stay. It's gone very, very quiet, Chris, since that meeting on Monday. We're on the Friday now, coming up. You know, I, I get the feeling. I don't see foresee. I don't foresee a situation next Thursday or Friday where he leaves on the eve of a game. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen within the next three or four days. And I get the feeling from Kane's side that the fact he's thinking I'm going to I'm going to stay if nothing's done by Brentford, that's a kind of push to Bayern Munich. If if you want me, come get me now. And I I get the feeling from Harry Kane's side that he feels that he he's going to be here past next week and he, he would rather put a lot on it and Chris let's be honest Harry Kane's in a very strong position here you know he's been at Spurs for what all, all his career but in the last sort of seven eight seasons he's been an ever present one more season at Spurs isn't going to do him any harm he was the goal scorer our 30 goals you think about the many a team next year it's going to be queuing up for Kane now the only thing we can hope for is that Spurs turn a massive corner and there has to be some sort of preliminary conversation Chris that Kane has Kane has got to have named these terms on what he sees as progression, because obviously, by unless we already won, a, we can't win a trophy until February this season. We can't win a trophy to the end of February, so you're end of February March. You're you're looking at what three four months left in his contract. So, has has progression's got to be that we're playing good football, showing signs that within two or three years we can be competitive at the top of the table, and pushing the one trophies. I, I don't think we have to win something. You know, by by February for him to stay, I think he's more looking at it in terms of if we're doing if we're doing well this season and if we're showing signs of progression. Much to like, you know, that first season we 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 were decent. We finished fifth. You could see the signs were there. Then we finished second, sorry, third, then second. So I, I do think it's more of a of of a footballing point of view. Are we playing good football? Are players improving? And as the environment happy? Because in the last four years, Chris, the environment's not been happy. We've had. Conte and Nuno and, and players haven't enjoyed it, so I think it's I think it's got to it's got to be do it's got to do what. So if Kane's happy and the team's happy and we're pushing for trophies, then I think there's a chance he might sign that contract. But if not, then we're going to have a big problem next summer. But unless the money's right, Chris, unless it's going to be ninety eight hundred million, I don't really see any value in selling for seventy seventy five million. I, I don't see it. Is there anything that we haven't discussed during this podcast that you'd like to bring up, Craig? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think I think the only thing I'd say about Ange is I think he's handled everything really well so far. He's had a lot thrown at him. You know, it hasn't been the best starts for him. It's not certainly not the script you'd write. But in press conferences, he's he's been good. Um, the main, obviously, dominating thing is the Kane thing. He's had to deal with that. Um, I still think, like I said earlier, the press conference cancelling. Something, something's not quite right there for me. But for going on, going back to Kane very quickly, I've never understood the desire to leave this season. I don't get what the rush is to leave to go to Bayern when you've got the world's your oyster this time next year. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get why I put a little poll out and it was overwhelmingly. Do you want to? Would you rather win a Bundesliga or beat Shearer's record? And it was 
um, 75% said Beach Shearer's record. All right, majority of those people are going to be Tottenham fans, but I would personally choose that as well. I don't think winning the Bundesliga, with the greatest respect to the Germans and the German League, I don't think winning a Bundesliga is going to give him the kudos he perhaps wants and just to say he's won a Bundesliga. Yes, he could win the Champions League, but personally, I think Man City are going to be pushing to win that again with the squads they're building. Now they've got over the line with that. So I, I, I just don't get why Kane would want to leave this year. I don't get what the rush is. I really don't, um, unless it's about money for the club, which we'd never know. But then again, if it was all about money, then Levy would have perhaps sold him already and taken what he could. So let's see what happens. I'm still hopeful that he does stay. Um, but yeah, let's wait and see. Melvin, anything else you'd like to say? No, not really. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. You didn't mention the the owner, Joe Lewis, or anything about that. Not that it's a topic. He's not the owner. Ex owner. Right, ex owner. Right, right. Uh, is there going to be? Is there going to be? Sorry. It's a Joe Lewis trust. Yeah. You 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 want to talk about ex owners? You want to talk about Alan Sugar as well? <laughs> I don't know. You were saying if there's any topics we didn't discuss, and that's the only thing that came to my mind. But yeah, I think we covered all of it in the past two hours. Gareth, yeah. I know if you mentioned it, Chris, I might put a business plan forward to Alan Sugar of how to reinvent Tottenham Hotspur and go on the apprentice next summer, maybe. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Craig, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Where can people find you and what you're up to? Uh, just looking forward to the season to start and uh, and um, going to the Shakhtar game on Sunday. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm on that Demon 9 on Twitter. And to the chap who said he saw me over Brentwood the other week at a football presentation, should have come over and said hello. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was there. My son plays for that team. So, uh, so yeah, lovely to be back. Lovely to be on. I'm sure Chris will be not as jet-lagged and as tired as, as he has been over the last week, because I know he's been doing a fair bit of travelling, as everybody knows. So I would imagine it takes it out of you. So, uh, yeah, happier times to come. Let's think positive. I, I think we're going to see some wonderful football under Postacoglu. Caneless or Kane in the team. I, th I think it's going to be good. Really looking forward to it. And you've got to believe that the glory days are going to come back to Tottenham, because... Football goes in cycles, and we've had our dip, and I think we're on our way back now. Craig, are you trying to say that I'm tired and grumpy today? Yeah, 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 grumpy old man. <laughs> no, it's um, it, it's no, it, it's it, it's going to take it out of you that trip, Chris, isn't it? I mean, I bet your body clock's still knackered, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tell you what, though. Um, let me just say this opportunity now. Um, everybody in Australia. Thailand and Singapore, the amount of people that came up to me and said that they enjoy the podcasts, probably not tonight's one, but, um, you know, the podcast and all of the content that I put out. So thank you so much to everybody, uh, you know, giving me positive feedback. Um, while we go to Melvin and Gareth, um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, please do let me know where you're watching this from. And we put as many on the screen as possible because uh, the podcast numbers have been absolutely unreal and we've We've been in the top 10 in many, many countries around the world. So please do let me know where you're watching from. Um, Melvin, let's come to you. Um, thanks so much for joining us um, again this evening. Uh, love your optimism. Um, where can people find you and what you're up to at the moment? 
Yeah, I'm on Twitter. You can follow my follow me there. I'm quite active, and um, yeah, I'm not not doing much. Um, I'm here in Malta. I'm looking forward to coming over to see Spurs this season. Um, probably the first game will be Liverpool, and uh, yeah, just excited for the new season and, and to see some football again because because even though it's it's only been a couple of months that we've been away from the Premier League, you know, you start to miss it, and and once August rolls in, you just want to get that. That first game and first victory in and and get the season going. So yeah, I'm excited. Gareth, thanks so much for joining us again. Um, what are you up to at the moment? Of course, you are the host of the Twelfth Man podcast. Any new additions coming out? Uh, we've got the, an Arsenal fan on tomorrow, so we're going to be uh, talking about um, tomorrow night at six pm. We're going to be talking about season expectations. We're going to be looking at the Hurricane transfer saga. We're going to be looking at Man City versus Arsenal and the Community Shield this weekend. How much of an impact that can have in your season. And we're going to preview all the top sixes, expectations and possibilities this season. So that'll be quite good tomorrow. It's um, a singer I know from, he actually, he's from Derry, but he lives in Liverpool. I'm actually going out to Liverpool next weekend um, for a friend's birthday party. So um, after that, then I'm going to watch Spurs play Sheffield United. When I hope they see Ange ball in full swing after four or five games. Um, and like Craig, I'm very, very positive. If we can get a couple of centre-backs on this season, um, I really do think it could be a very good season for us. Um, I'm excited to see us play attack on football. So, and, I, and I really do believe Hurricane stays. And I think Kane's going to have a good season. Whether he signs or not, we'll have to remain to be seen. But lastly, look forward to Chris. We're 10 days away from playing Brentford away. And you know what, I feel very, very positive about the Brentford game. I think Brentford's had a tough summer. The fact that Ivan Tony's not playing um, for them for the first half of the season is going to have an impact. And I think it's a decent game to start with. Um, and I think we're going to go there and maybe we may have a different view after that, Chris. But um, just like some of the comments here and what Craig was echoing, thanks for your, uh, your content over the summer. No football on, so it's always very tough to keep it going. I can see you're very... <laughs> As Craig says, the, the journeys you've had over the summer. Um, but look, we go again now next Sunday. I'm looking forward to watching the Shakhtar game on Sunday on the uh, on the TV. And uh, from next Sunday, then we go again, Chris. I think it's all about getting behind Ange Postacoglu. You know, whatever happens in the transfer window happens. But let's get behind this man. There's lots they like about him. And as Craig said, he spoke very, very well. And I get that feeling that regardless of what happens off the pitch and in the boardroom, We've got a manager now that's going to represent the values of the club. So, come on, Spurs. Gareth, Melvin and Craig, thanks so much for joining me this evening. And thanks for watching, everybody, on YouTube. If you don't subscribe to the channel yet, please do hit the subscribe button. Uh, like, share and comment below. And if you are listening to this on an audio platform, please do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. We will see you again after the Shakhtar Donetsk game where I'll be live from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at around quarter past four. I will see you there. Let's hope for a good performance, a good result and uh, we go away from that stadium smiling again. We will see you on the next one. Until then, come on you Spurs.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 